Welcome back, everybody, to the Nothing But Bull podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and I'm here with my main man, Justin. Justin, what's going on? Nothing much. I'm just, uh, anytime the Bulls can come away with a win, is always a, a neck, a, another good day. So, um, <laughs> I do feel like when the Bulls are on a road trip, I feel like we're on a road trip, too. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm glad and glad for this road trip to be over because, you know, staying up to watch these games and getting up in the morning going to work, it is rough. I will tell you, it is rough. So I'm glad we're back home. (laughs) Especially on the East Coast (laughs) because the games are over at like 1 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's killing me. Killing me. Yeah, the Bulls completed uh, their West Coast road trip uh saw them they're back in chicago as of yesterday's game um wasn't really a successful road trip record wise but i thought they played pretty good for most of the games yeah definitely like i i understand like people would be disappointed in the records but if you look at these last five games, I think that you really, you really couldn't have asked for much more. I mean, I know that they, um, they lost that game to OKC, which was dreadful, uh, getting behind or getting up by 22 points, and they just managed to just, you know, crap that game away. But like, I think, in my opinion, this is like the the most excitement that I've seen during a five game stretch for these Bulls. Even though they're two and five, like I'm still, I'm still hyped at what I'm seeing, uh, as far as the, uh, the the level of talent that this Bulls team has, in order to put the ball in the basket, defending other teams from putting the ball in the basket, <laughs> it's like another story. Yeah, that, that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I've I've been excited, um, especially when you think about for these games, you know the Bulls have been missing a lot of key players, you know, off and on Porter's been out. Uh, Lori just got back. I think it was what, like was Houston? No, Dallas was his first game game back. back. Yeah. And then, you know, we, we just now getting Archie back missing um, uh, Chandler Hutchinson. So, you know, there's a lot of pieces that the Bulls have been missing on that road trip uh, because of guys being, either hurt or out with the COVID restrictions. So I'm excited to see how they've done so far uh, with just the talent that they have to, to play each individual game. And, you know, it's, it's really a matter of time because the, the team is still starting to gel together, trying to find out what roles they're comfortable in. So I'm excited about from what I've been seeing from this Bulls team. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like you said, uh Lowry didn't get back until the game against um, the Mavericks. So, no, they played the NBA champion Lakers. You know, they were without Anthony Davis, but you still had LeBron James out there and the Bulls missing Lowry, Archie, uh, Staderansky. And they lost by two points um, with a chance to win at the end. 
you know, like I said, make or miss the league. You know, Zach had a shot. It's a pretty good shot, I think, for him to make uh, just in fall. You know, we, we, but we hung in there. We, we could have won that game. And, you know, yeah. the next night we, we're playing the Clippers, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Again, it's we lose by three points. It's come down. It's a one possession game. It's a you no know, shot to force overtime. But out, we're still without Laurie. Still without you know those pieces that we need. And we hung in there with you no know, top level talent. Yeah, and like maybe like you could say that at least from the outside, you know, a lot of people are looking at this this team and the record and they're saying, well, those are definitely um, going to be losses for the Bulls when they're playing up against a team like the Lakers and the Clippers. But like you said, if a, a couple of shots go their way, if they're able to like put up a defensive stand uh, somewhere in there, those are games that they could have actually pulled out with a win. Um, I think the thing that I came away from, at least from the Clippers game, was like the praise that um, it was uh, it was uh, Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James. They both said very high things in regards to P. Williams. So that got me really excited. And just seeing like the the plays that he was able to make on defense, I was I was really excited because he's going to be going up against like the best players night in and night out. And for him to hang with those guys, at least from a defensive standpoint. Um, now, it, if you look at the box score, you know, it'll, you'll see that Kawhi had like 45 points. Uh, LeBron had 38 points. But the thing is, like, it's one thing to just let those guys go off. And it's another thing to make it a little bit difficult for them to get to their spots. And I thought that P. Will did a great job in, in making sure that those guys had to work on um, each night that he played against them. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, you know, Patrick Williams. We we've been raving about him since we first seen him play in the preseason. I mean, he he's going to be a I'm gonna, I I say about an all star caliber player in the future. Yeah, you can definitely see from the defensive standpoint, like the stuff that he's able to recognize and help out on. At just what he's only 19 years old, yeah. right? So, I mean, he's he's playing with a good amount of veterans who are helping him see the floor well. He's picking his shots uh, very well, but he's shooting it also at a at a very good rate. So that mid-range jumper, you only like that's going to continue to stick with him, but from the three-point range and being able to make plays for others, getting other people involved in the offense, I think he still needs to he still has like a, a good amount of work that he needs to put in those two areas, but like really, the the sky's the limit. The guy has like the body. He has um, he already has the mid range shot. I mean that that mid range has been pretty good this year. So I expect a lot of high things out of him moving forward. Yeah, um, mid range has been <laughs> deadly for P. Wheel. Um, no, he he'll take and make a couple of threes. Um, it's not in love with that shot. He he knows his bread and butter is the mid range. He'll get the guys with the eyebrows fakes and move a little closer and knock down a smooth mid range. I mean, 
it's, it's kind of a lost art in the game right now. But yeah, I mean, he 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 knows what he does best. Yeah, and he's not you know he's not moving past what his comfort level is, and that's something like for young players especially to find a comfort level, but also uh, find a comfort level that actually affects winning is to- two totally different things. I'm looking at, like, some of these the young guys out there, they're just, like, jacking up shots whenever they feel like it. Um, but you see that with uh, Patrick Williams, he's really trying to work within the offense and really communicating out there on defense. So I, I expect him to continue to get better. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, now, that OKC game. Uh, uh, we, were, we were wrong about something. Laurie, Laurie's first game back was OKC. Oh, was it? Yeah. I don't think he played that well then. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that. <laughs> he, he was, Maybe he was knocking he the rust off with. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he 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 had sixteen point six rebounds, five of fourteen shooting. Yeah, that was like the lorry of old. <laughs> not really, um, not really having much of an impact on the game, just kind of floating around. Um, now that I think back to it, like you didn't really see him as aggressive. Um, and you know that that's that's something that is obviously not something that's necessarily going to continue because. Again, he's coming back. He had that layoff for an extended amount of time. You know, a lot of guys uh, just don't have their legs quite right underneath them. So, you know, but like after that, like he seemed to to really find his groove and, um, you know, really tried, tried to assert himself out there after that particular game. Right. Yeah. The OKC game. Yeah. Um... You know, things were going good. The Bulls were looking good. They built up a 22-point lead. Um, as I said, these are those West Coast games where it's late. Um, I actually fell asleep on this game. <laughs> <laughs> and I wake up, and I'm like, hold on. What happened? What's going on here? We were up 22 points. Why, why are well... we going into overtime? <laughs> Well, what really um, caught this team or caught the Bulls is that they just kept picking, doing the pick and roll to death. And that's, you know, that's something that's going to have to get worked out with defending the pick and roll. I don't know if it's like with um, Carter, like dropping too low as the guy's coming off the pick or I don't know what the... um, what the real deal is with this team and not being able to um, really get that under control. You, you see they're um, working off the pick and roll. Like the bulls have a hard time of fighting off the screens and that's when they really position and just um, that point guard of their shy Gilgis just Alexander. He just kept picking them apart and he was a lot more physical with Kobe. So, Colby was having a difficult time trying to contain him. And then they tried the switching up on him with defense. And you could really see uh, why he was a big trade partner with the, um, the Clippers. And, you know, 
very talented guy. We we talk about this thing with um, looking at teams and where they're at at the beginning of the year and just trying to say, um, well, this is where this team's going to be. We know that OKC is going to be, you know, a bottom tier team. But if you look at the record, what are they? They're at um, they're at five hundred, I think. Yeah, they're six and six. Yeah, they're six and six. So I mean, and you consider this team, even though they're missing some of the guys they had from last year, you really saw how Billy Donovan was able to impact that team going forward. That team plays hard. They never consider themselves out of the game, even though they're, you know, they don't have like so many superstars. I, I think that, that uh, Gilgis Alexander kid, he's going to be, you know, an all-star in the next couple of years. They don't just have a lot of guys who are known for being shot creators, but they have a lot of guys who just stay within themselves and a lot of guys who won't really back down, even if they get off of a big lead. And you could really see from that game the impact that Billy Donovan had on that team last year. So I'm kind of hoping that that's something that will translate for these Bulls moving forward. But, yeah, they, they just got him in the pick and roll. Bulls can't defend the pick and roll for anything. That's the Achilles heel of this team right now is the pick and roll. <laughs> the other Achilles heel would be the turnovers. The Bulls had oh, yeah, 24 that's, that's turnovers true. to the Thunder's 11 in that game. That, too. Yeah. Um, it's a lot. I mean, that really points to the guys who have the ball in their hands the most. That's uh, Levine, and that's um, Kobe White. Like, I think Kobe, he only had, what, it was, yeah, it was four turnovers in that game, but Levine had six. He was um, getting other guys involved because he had six assists himself, but just, like, careless tone turnovers. It, it's like whenever, like, Levine turns that corner, if, he, if like, a, if a pick is called, he it's like he has – in his mind what is made up what he's going to do no matter what like if he's going to throw the ball to a guy even if they're not in the position that he intended them to be in it's like he's already made up his mind of what he's going to do with the ball so like they they really need to clean that up they really need um to have like another guy who can handle the ball that's really where you look at a guy like um Denzel, you look at a guy like uh, Archie. Archie plays within himself. Archie doesn't give you a lot of careless turnovers. He's going to try to protect the ball as much as he can. And Denzel is like arguably the the best passer on this team. So, you know, it's really finding rotation minutes for those guys so that they can actually uh, have a chance to to work the ball and bringing the ball up court and helping to initiate the offense. But it's not just them. Like uh, a lot of other guys are having trouble handing off or hanging over onto the ball too. So it's, it's really just been a continuing problem for this team. It's the turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. If they could get that together, then they would put themselves in a much better position, at least a, a better position not to cough up a 20-point lead. Right. And even in doing so, they still, and again, had a chance to win. <laughs> Zach's yeah. going down. He's going to take the shot. 
<laughs> and Denzel Valentine kind of like runs into him a little bit. <laughs> That's just <laughs> Denzel being Denzel. Those are the things that we expect from Denzel. <laughs> Zach shoots the shot and then he immediately gives that that LeBron to J.R. Smith reaction of like, what are you doing? <laughs> But don't you need a guy like a, a Denzel, kind of like a like a J.R. Smith? He's like that comic <laughs> relief guy, <laughs> you know, that when the situation gets really tense, like Denzel's going to bring you some kind of. And when you're like, oh, OK, that's just Denzel being Denzel. So, <laughs> no, but really, like, yeah, all of these guys, they really need to watch because it's like when Zach is turning the ball over. Kobe's turning the ball over. Um, it just has a trickle-down effect with the rest of these guys not holding on to the ball. And another thing is the Bulls don't value possessions. Like, a lot of times, like, when they're running their offense, they're, they're not running their offense with a lot of creativity to it. Like, you'll see Zach and, and Kobe with, like, some some action going around around the top of the key, but you don't other than that, once that breaks down, it just sticks in guys' hands a lot of times. And when you have a ball that's just sticking in one guy's hands, a lot of times that's not going to result in the, the type of um, play that you want it to result in. So if those guys can hang on to the ball, they should be a lot better. The issue is they're, they're giving up the ball and they're not creating a lot of turnovers for the other team. I think in that OKC one, um, how many? Yeah, OKC only had eleven turnovers, and yeah. the Bulls had twenty-four. So, like, you could be a little bit more loose with the ball when you have a lot of great defenders on your team, but obviously the Bulls don't have that right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they, they really clean that up. Yeah, they were able to um, clean it up a little bit the next game against the Mavericks, um, you know, they only had 13 turnovers to the Mavs, 16. Yeah. Um, Bulls won by 16 points in that game. And the interesting part of this one is Zach was one of eight shooting. Yeah, 12%. (laughs) (laughs) Kobe, Kobe scoreless. Yeah, Bulls still won by 16 points against uh, Luka Doncic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. That's one of those games where it's like, what do you make out of that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, yeah, I I don't really know. Like, Laurie had a great game. Yeah, he was solid. Um, but like, it, essentially, the Bulls didn't get anything from their starters. Like, uh, Will had only five points. Uh, White had zero. Uh, Wendell Carter only had 12. Um, so it was really like just bench that was carrying them forward. Um, you saw that uh, Temple had 21 off the bench. Um, T. Young and Otto Porter Jr., they, had, they scored like 29 points between the two of them. And guys just chipping in. Um, how the Bulls were able to make it to 117 
and beat this team by 16. I even just looking at the box score, I'm like, what? <laughs> but like no. you mentioned before, like it was a turnover issue. The Bulls only had 13 turnovers in that game. And um, yeah, because even from three point range, the Bulls really stunk it up. It was like, it was like seven for 25. Like um, 20, yeah. 28%. Now, the, the Mavericks were missing some guys. I know they were missing, um, what is that, Tim Hardaway Jr.? Yeah. They were missing a couple of rotation guys. But, yeah, that's one of those where I'm like, what? <laughs> um, so maybe if, like, the Bulls can schedule to play against the Mavericks, <laughs> like, every game. Because Laurie seems to have a good – a good game whenever he matches up against Porzingis. I don't know what the deal is with that, but um, yeah, he he typically goes off when he's going up against Porzingis, and he did. He had 29 points. He's efficient shooting the ball. Um, but yeah, for Zach and Kobe to have 10 points between the two of them, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, uh, Laurie seems to take it personal every time he plays Porzingis. Um... Yeah, double double, twenty nine points, ten rebounds. Zach had a double double. I mean, he had ten points, but the ten assists was like major. He he knew his offensive game was off, so he just spent the time getting the other players involved. Uh, only had two turnovers, so he was taking care of the ball, being the playmaker out there. Yeah, and you you got to give him a lot of credit also on the defensive side of the ball because I think. Um, yeah, Luca. He he had he had like thirty in the first half. If I'm not yeah. mistaken. <laughs> and uh, for him to only score six points the rest of the way through, and a lot of times it was um, Zach who was checking him uh, once he got up uh, past full court. So, you know, credit has to go to Zach for that for stepping up for with that particular um, defensive assignment. That that and I think the the mind game he played with Luca got to him a little bit. The mind game. He <laughs> there at the free throw line, and he, you know, Luca had just hit all those threes. And Zach took his hand and wiped them up, like to kind of <laughs> cool his hand off. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I must have missed that. <laughs> yeah, they're they're on the sideline. Uh, one on the foul line, laughing about it, and. You see, Luca goes on to only score six more points during that game. So I guess that worked. Yeah, maybe whatever it takes to get this team uh, <laughs> with a win. You know, you know, you know, it's funny. Like I've been looking on Twitter, and I've been seeing like a lot of activity. I don't know if you've been seeing this too, but a lot of activity with uh, people trying to see what they can get for. For Zach Levine now, that is like um, yeah. You see, I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> you see that? Okay, okay. I don't know if you want to get into it now, or you want to just wait. Until yeah, later. we can go right into that. Yeah, like okay. Now I'm looking just at the last five games. You and that's with that bomb of a game that he had, where he against Dallas, where he only shot twelve percent. He's been shooting. 52% from the field. He's been shooting well above um, well above 50% from three and is averaging about either five or six assists per game with like a steal also per game. 
uh, while also being, what is he, number six, I think. No, fifth. He's fifth in scoring. <laughs> and looking at his player efficiency, like, I don't remember the last time the Bulls had a guy with a, a PER that was above 20 at this point early on in the year. So I have no idea why so many people are looking to get rid of Zach Levine and or saying that he's miscast as a number one. I, I definitely think he's a number one. Um, he just needs more guys around him to, to step up on a regular basis. But I just looking at what he was able to do against, especially the Clippers and the uh, Lakers, where you know you're going to have your hands full with LeBron and, and um, Paul George and Kawhi, looking at what he was able to do against just those two teams was very impressive because he went off for like 38 against the Lakers and 45 against the Clippers. But when you have a guy like this who has that particular scoring ability and the ability to set teammates up, is now the time that you're looking to trade trade him away for whatever you can get? I, I just don't get or understand what Bulls fans are thinking, at least some of them. Yeah, the, the, the Bulls Twitter uh, trade Zach talk absolutely infuriates me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand it at all. Um, uh, Zach seen it himself because he, he, he had this quote where he says, little things I hear and read, I use as motivation. I see myself as a top guy in the league and I want to show that. And to me, he's been showing that because he's averaging career highs in points, assists, rebounds, field goal percentage, and three-point percentage. I mean, why would you want to trade a guy who's basically on that road trip average maybe, but 32 points a game? And, you know, he's 26, 27 years old, still has two years left on his contract. Why are we talking about trading this guy? And a cheap contract. Comparatively speaking, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't I mean, get it. I just, I don't know what more. Like, I know, like he has issues as far as like defense, um, and just recognizing where guys are at in position to like finding his man on the floor. But I, I just, I don't get it. Like, I will read it, and like some people are like, "Yeah, sell him while he's high. Sell him while he's high." And I'm like, "Okay, so you're gonna take." the stats that he has right now versus a college player or a potential high school player that you could pick up and not know what it is that you're getting because these guys who are exactly like it takes those guys at least four or five years to find their place in the league and to put up numbers that actually translate into winning. Now, Zach's numbers hasn't necessarily translated into winning, but I mean, you look at what he's had to play with, look at what, who the coach has been for the, um, the past couple of years, that doesn't fall on, <laughs> on that plate. That's something that is shared by the team, but like, you just don't give up a guy like that for, for potential. Like that doesn't make any sense at all to me none whatsoever i mean you know the, the you're you're you want you're like hey well we can get this we can get a bunch of picks uh 
you know, this will help us in a draft. We can get a better pick of these picks could actually turn out to be bust. We they're not of a sure thing. The only two scenarios where I would trade Zach is say we're getting somebody like uh Kevin Durant or a Giannis, somebody you know is a superstar that's going to take you right into the playoffs. Or, you know, if they feel like Zach is not going to re-sign, then of course you want to get something for him. But other than those two scenarios, it's, it's no way I would trade Zach Levine. Yeah, like at this point, it's it's easy to say like he's a top 15 player, no? Like, yeah. That 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 goes without saying. Like it's it it should be obvious to everybody. Not like even people who aren't Bulls fans uh, necessarily speaking, but it should be obvious that his talent is telling you, okay, this is the guy who is one of the stars in the league. You know, like he should have been an All Star last year, and his numbers are even better right now. Now you don't. Who knows, like, if his three-point shooting is going to continue to surge the way it has been. But it's been pretty consistent uh, for the past couple of years in the league. He's just improved and gotten a lot better each year that goes by in the league. So I don't – I'm just trying to understand what it is, like, a lot of these guys are smoking or, you know (laughs) – like it's correct. Yeah, it's got to be something. <laughs> it's got to be something. But yeah, I'm looking at his his uh, numbers, and I'm I'm just like, that doesn't follow with what people are saying on Twitter. Like giving up Zach for draft picks. Like I don't, I don't. You never hear his name mentioned as, or if his name is mentioned in the trade, it's always to make another team better, and we just get draft picks <laughs> back in. The end. I'm like. What? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. And even people saying like he's miscast as a, a one, like there, there's only like a couple of real true superstars in the league. You got LeBron, right. KD, um, um, Kawhi, and Steph, like in my opinion. The rest are yeah, – I'd throw Dame in there too, but the rest are just, you know, really good basketball players. And I think – Right now, Levine belongs in that in that uh, second tier of just really, really good basketball players. So, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. All right. Now, Denzel had this quote on Zach. He says his care for winning is another level. He's watching some more film. He's talking to guys more on where they want the ball. He's trying to make himself get to that next level, and you can see that, like his playmaking and setting his teammates up has taken a huge jump just from last year. Yeah. Yeah, it has. So, and, you know, you look at everything, even with the, with Boylan being here, everything that his coaches have asked him to do, he's met those expectations. So I, I don't, I don't really get what other people are saying, but it's good to know that, you just, at least his teammates know um, what kind of player he is and what what their potential could be if they just provide him a little more support. And you you did see that that one game against Dallas, you know he didn't have it going. So it 
somebody else needed to step step up. Well, he didn't have um, Kobe, but the rest of those guys stepped up. So I think that's the next like evolution with this team is just being able to pick each other up because last year, you know, the Bulls got down by by ten. We we pretty much knew it was over. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's just the, the 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 mentality, the mental makeup of that team from last year, which a lot of that just goes into coaching. But now you see, okay, there's a little bit of a lead. We're going to put these um, reserves in, and those guys are going to be able to dwindle the lead down or at least keep them uh, within uh, close proximity to to what um, whatever the score was. So, you know, it's – it's another. It's just a different mentality with this team this year, that um, is like really cool to look at. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, even you no know, Garrett Simple has said, and Garrett Simple has been in the league for a while. He's a good vet. He, he said Zach is the most fluid player he's ever played with. And he's played with a lot of really good players. Yeah. Was it was Garrett in um was he in Washington? Yeah, he was. So that's taken into account Beal, Wall. He played with the Nets too, right? Was yep. it was the Nets last year or was that um I want to say it was last year with Kyrie. Last year with Kyrie. Okay. I mean that's saying a lot. Uh when you have like a talent versus like like Kyrie that um you're putting Levine's name in that same sentence. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I I have to question the uh question the um the mind or the thinking of some Bulls fans out there because it, it doesn't really jive with what your eyes are telling you, at least my eyes. Uh, not mine either. <laughs> um, but you know, speaking of Temple, now he, he, he has been a great free agent signing for the Bulls. He's you know he's coming. He's giving them the spark off the bench. Um, he he's been a very good three point shooter from what I've seen this year. Yeah. Um, sorry, my computer just died down right now. But I'm I'm pretty sure if if I were to look up his um, three-point shooting, I'd see that it was above league, league average. Um, and it's also a guy who just knows where to be. Like, with Kobe and with Zach, they always try to fight under a screen. Temple is one of those guys who goes back and forth. He's either fighting over the screen or if he's looking at the proximity of the guy who's trying to, to set the screen... He knows, okay, I'm not going to be able to get to the guy with the ball that way, so I'm going to need to go underneath the screen. And he uses his length very well, and he just makes a lot of solid decisions. Another guy out there who can just run the offense and put other guys in positions that they're going to succeed in. Um, But what I really like with Temple is that he's always talking with those guys. Last year, Bulls went through a timeout, and it was like heads were down or if there was a timeout just on the floor and they had a little bit of an opportunity to get together, you really didn't see them talking as much on the, on the court. Now there's just a lot of communication that's going back and forth. And, and Temple is one of those guys who's doing a, a, a good amount of that talking. So, you know, that was funny when 
when they signed uh, Temple, I was like, okay, they're just, that's it. Like, uh, <laughs> I think we need another point guard or something like that. But you're, you're really seeing, you know, his benefit to the team. Right. I, I think a lot of people were kind of like, okay, the Temple's okay, but they're not going to make any other moves. And, you know, everything that Corner Show says, done so far for the Bulls has been working out pretty great. Yeah, I don't I don't think anybody like I might be in the minority. But I don't think anybody knew first of all who Patrick Williams was uh and two saw any tape around him before the draft actually came up. I I, <laughs> I, I if you if you were to tell me that there's no way that I believe you. I'd probably call you a liar to your face. But um, <laughs> that that guy is special. Like, and it's I I'll especially I'll throw my hand up and I'll I'll admit one of the guys that I looked at the Bulls as probably like really being into was uh, Denny Abed- Abdija. That guy, um, I thought yeah. like coming out of Europe, the the all of the accolades that he was receiving, um, his um, what he I think he won like a. EuroLeague MVP, if I'm not mistaken. Possibly. Yeah, so um, the guy was having a, a very good year uh, over over in Europe playing basketball. It, just one of those young guys that was really getting a lot better. I thought that that's where the Bulls were looking at, but for them to focus in on P. Will's abilities and see what he adds to this team, see the defensive presence that he has at such a young age. Um, I thought that that was like one of the best picks that the Bulls have ever had. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I had no idea who Patrick Williams was, yeah. <laughs> like many people. Um, no, it, with the whole COVID and not being a March of Madness, it he, you really didn't get to see a lot of these college players. So, no, a lot of the noise was that the Bulls are probably going to take uh, Denny, and then they come out and they take Pete Will, and you're like, well, who's this guy? Yeah, and like people were. <laughs> and then you watch them play in the preseason. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, I, I understand <laughs> when they took him. <laughs> well, I think it was hard for people to wrap their heads around the fact that the Bulls were using a number four pick on a guy who wasn't even a starter on his team in college. So, you know, I think people were taking that and running with it without actually having any foreknowledge of who uh, Patrick Williams was as a player, his character. You don't see him talking at all out there. It's like he's just trying to process everything and take it all in and is reacting. Like he – even there was like a couple of plays that he went um, – he pulled on – Kawhi, which were just phenomenal plays. It was like one play, like he just took the ball out of the air from Kawhi. It was, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, like his athleticism. Uh, a lot of guys were talking about his hands, uh, how he just has these huge hands. He's able to get his, his hands on the ball uh, consistently. He's able to position himself in the right way, and even. With at such a young age, asking him to check the best players on another player's team um, 
all the way to the five, to the uh, one through four, really, it's just been pretty amazing so far to see this year. Yeah, he he definitely pulled some Kawhi plays on Kawhi, <laughs> and that was like really fun to see. Um, you know, the Bulls Twitter account they tweeted out a photo of uh, P. Will checking Kawhi and tagged it with "When your idols become your rivals." <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's just it's like shout out to whoever's running the Bulls <laughs> Twitter account. <laughs> I like that a lot. That's cool. That is cool. And, you know, as bad as, you know, Zach played against the Mavericks, he was back to his normal self against the Rockets last yeah. night. Dropped 33 points, 11 to 16, 4 8 from 3, with 7 assists, 4 rebounds. Uh, the Bulls. And Rockets were pretty even when it came to turnovers for that game. Um, the Bulls, you know, they they it was a close game, and this time they figured out how to pull that one off. Um, Otto didn't play because of a back strain, and he will miss the game because of a hip contusion. Yep. Um, and you know, it's it's easy for us to sit back and say, okay, these are the games that the Bulls should win. Especially you look at the Rockets situation, and you're like, okay, they just lost um, James Harden. That's definitely going to affect that team. But, you know, this Rock, they've had a lot of guys who have been out uh, for the beginning part of the year. Like, I don't think John Wall has really played more than two games for them this year. And – um DeMarcus Cousins, like, he's been in and out of the lineup. But the Rockets have – they still have some guys on that team from last year that can play. Um, Eric Gordon being one of them, he's never shy to take a shot. And for them to be able to (laughs) pick up a talent like Victor Oladipo uh, was pretty impressive, especially when you think about the fact that, you know, the – Rockets really didn't have any leverage. Like everybody knew that um, <laughs> Harden wanted out. Um, so, like right. you, you <laughs> thought that they maybe be able to pick up somebody and maybe a couple of draft picks, but for them to turn this around and be able to get Oladip, a whole bunch of first round draft picks, was pretty incredible. Um, that being said, you know you look at these. Um, you look at the, the Bulls team, you said that they were even with turnovers. They had the same amount of turnovers. Um, but this game, you know, even though the Bulls were up by a good amount, I think there was some time that they got up to 17, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But, um, you know, teams have big – the majority of teams have big-time players on their team, somebody who can generate some, some type of offense. And all of these teams are professionals. So, yeah. like, they get paid just like everybody else gets paid. So you really you really can't say that, oh, well, this team, they're, they're not ever going to be able to go on a run or they're not ever going to be able to pick, pick up a win. Because we saw what happened with OKC. This Rockets team, like, they seem to be right. playing with a lot of fuel, especially having unloaded um, Harden. I think that that really had a, um, 
really kind of gave them a boost and saying, okay, we can finally breathe and move forward. But they came out ready to play. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they, they got Oladipo, um, Eric, Eric Gordon, um, and Christian Wood has been playing absolutely great this yeah, season. Yeah, I don't even know where he's come from. Like, this guy, like, who who drafted him? Because the Rockets just picked him up this year. So who – what team was he coming from? He went undrafted. Oh, that's right. He was undrafted. and was But wasn't he on somebody he else's – um, like their G League or something? I think he was. I'm not sure who, though. I don't know why I want to say, like, the Blazers. He, no, no. It was Detroit. I'm pretty sure it was yep. Detroit. Yep, yeah. Detroit. Which I'm like, I don't know how Detroit yeah. let a guy like this go. Like, who does Detroit have that Christian Wood <laughs> couldn't <laughs> take their job? We know that Detroit has uh, Blake. <laughs> okay, but I... Blake Griffin. I'm going to go back and say what I said. Um, I don't it, know who Detroit Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's be honest, like Blake has just been collecting paychecks the past four or five years. Like <laughs> getting paid not to play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, he, he's been absolutely balling this season. So, you know, the the Rockets still – they still have some pieces, and they still like to shoot the three. Yep, they do. They are not shy about whoever, especially DeMarcus Cousins, who was 0 for 5. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you know, once they get John Wall back, it'll, it'll be interesting with him and Oladipo in the backcourt and, you know, Wood up front. Yeah, that speed, along with uh, having a guy who can knock down shots like uh, Eric Gordon. Like, I know what their record is. Like, they're four and eight, but they're they're one of those teams that you could easily say, had all the guys healthy, their their record would be a lot better. So, um, but at the end of the day, it really came down to, you know, just the Bulls being able to execute. Um, Lori hit that big three. They were. They were only up by three, and then Lori got the ball from, like, I think it was Zach. Was, no, it wasn't yeah. Zach. It was Kobe. Kobe who swung the ball to the uh, top of the key, and he was able to knock that down. Yeah, Kobe um, swung it to Zach. Zach swung it to Lori. Okay, yeah. I knew, like, there was some kind of rotation in there involving Yeah, they had uh, Zach. Um, two really good plays where, you know, the guys just kept swinging the ball. Like, almost everybody touched the ball on that possession, and – you know, you said earlier how it, it tends to kind of the offense kind of stagnates where it just sticks in, you know, Zach's or Kobe's hands. And so two good plays of them just moving the ball and sharing the ball. And it, 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 it gets you excited because you're like, if the Bulls just, you know, keep playing like this, good things happen. Yeah. Like that play with, with, in um knock down the three to like basically ice it was that out of a timeout because like the ball movement was just so crisp like everybody knew what was going on in that play 
Like, was do you remember if it was out of a timeout or was it just something like they were? I think it was out of a timeout. Okay, because like even with like uh, marketing, like it started with marketing on the left side of the court, which ended with him on the total opposite side <laughs> of the court. So it was, it was like just remarkable that like Lori got the ball, he um went for a pump fake, like he 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 pump fake and then he drove to the basket and I think he I think I want to say that he he dropped it off to Kobe and then Kobe did a fake got to the to the uh, almost to the rim and then threw it back out to to um Zach and Zach passed it to Lori I think that's the way yeah the play. that's how it went <laughs> yeah okay yeah it was it was pretty you know it was a pretty good play I'll say <laughs> that for lack of a be- better term. Yep. Um, let's see. The <clears throat> Bulls have a three-day break, and then, then they're on a back-to-back. We see LaMelo Ball for the first time on Friday in Charlotte. Okay. See, I'm one of those people who wasn't, like, all that in on, on any of the balls <laughs> just because of their father, I guess, like, I'm just, like, <laughs> impugning a whole entire family based off of one particular person <laughs> in the family. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I've been seeing some highlights of his, and they've been pretty decent, you know, with his uh, ability to uh, to make plays uh, off the dribble. So it should be an interesting game for the Bulls. Like, last year, that wasn't that one of, like, the – highlight or one of the highlight wins that the Bulls had was against the Charlotte Hornets. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh. Okay. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I've never been high on any of the Bulls. Um, especially when Bulls fans are like, we need to get, we need to make a trade for Lonzo. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Uh, now I will give him a little credit because this year I think his shooting percentage is a lot higher than what it was in the past. I don't know specifically, but like I've been seeing a couple of his games, and um, you know he's shooting like at least above forty percent, which is a it's a big tick up considering what he was doing uh, throughout his entire career. I think he's like hovering somewhere around forty five percent. So. That is something, but no. <laughs> Trading for him is no. Yeah. Um, let's see the bull- Why don't we just trade Zach for him and draft it? <laughs> that would be one of the worst trades <laughs> in Bulls history. <laughs> um, now the, the Bulls and the Hornets are both sitting at six and eight. Um, I think the Bulls are better than what their record shows. I'm not quite sure of saying that same for the Hornets. Yeah, I don't I I'd, I'd be lying if I say said that I've seen any any part of Hornets basketball of <laughs> uh, cuz like even like with um was LaMelo LaMelo's not even starting on that team. So, it's like been um Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. And 
a bunch of guys that I have I have no I have no idea who they are. Um, yeah, so I haven't watched any Hornets games. I couldn't tell you what their record should or shouldn't be. I'm looking at the Bulls team. I'm I'm saying that their record should at least be. They should at least probably be at like eight and six or nine and five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Easily. Yeah, I'm seeing like the Hornets actually play. Um, I'm seeing a lot of Lamelo highlights that you know they show highlights of his assist, um, which of course doesn't tell the story of how that game actually went. Uh, no, I think least bit. I, I think I've seen a Hayward uh, buzzer beater. He had a pretty good game one game um uh, i think he's he's been playing pretty good for them so you know we'll see um record wise they're evenly matched so we'll see if the bulls can take another one um hopefully not as dramatic as the last time <laughs> where it came to <laughs> that steal and zach just throwing up a fadeaway three to win <laughs> Yeah, let's hope it doesn't come down to that. Um, yeah, because uh, and... in in that game, that did, did Porter play in that game? Like, was he active at all? Do you remember? Um, I don't remember. I want to say he wasn't. I want to say Laurie was injured as well. Yeah, so the Bulls are missing like a good amount of talent and. This year, they're they're just they just have a lot of guys who know what to do out on the court. I last year I was like, are these guys actually basketball players or people that you paid to stand in for <laughs> basketball players? I, I couldn't really make up my mind with it. Because um, like even like with depending on guys from the G League, it's like okay, like you think they could be a little bit better than what they were. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, the Bulls have a good amount of talent. And just judging, like, if you're just going by name value, they have a lot more talent than the Hornets actually do. So I'm going to go out and say this is a game that the Bulls should win. I've never said that before. <laughs> so I am taking a leap of faith in what their capabilities are. <laughs> I mean – the, the the craziest thing is the Bulls pretty much had the same roster as last year. They they added Temple and they added Pete Will. Um, you know, Dunn's gone and Shaq's gone, but these are the same players. But the the thing is we have a a coach who's actually a coach and puts his players in a position to win. Like Bad was pretty much awful last year, and yes. a lot of it wasn't his fault. Is it was he was being put as a three point shooter, and that's not yes. his game. You know, um, Billy Donovan is letting Thad play his game. He's he's posting up. He, you know, he's been playing a lot of uh, center coming off of the bench and. That's more his game. He he's one of a, the better post up players uh, for his size, and you know he'll he'll take a corner three every now and then, and you know he he's pretty good on those corner threes when he does take them. But to just have him posted out at the three point line, it just was not his game. 
it's not anybody's game. Like, it's <laughs> funny. Um, you don't see um, – like, Markkinen did – like, he did take a lot of three-point shots. Um, was it that – was that last night or was that the – I'm mixing up everything because, like, again, this road trip, I feel like <laughs> I've been on a road trip. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the last game that they played versus the Rockets, um, um, I'm pretty sure Markkinen was – um, taking a good amount of three-point shots, but you're not just seeing guys just waiting for the ball to come to them. You actually see guys who are cutting, guys who are moving, guys who are taking that pressure off of just one guy to perform. And again, like you said, you don't see guys mismatched in positions that they're not going to be comfortable in, which in turn is not going to make them successful. Um, and th- again, this is still a roster that doesn't have Sato back. They don't have Chandler Hutchinson. Um, uh, Patrick Williams was hurt uh, in the other game. So it is exciting seeing a coach being able to navigate all of those things and still have his team playing competitive ball. Last year, during especially during this part of the year, None of us could say that the Bulls were competitive. No. no. So, um, you know, that's, that's just a big step forward with this team. That is, it's just exciting watching them go out and compete. So, yeah, having, having an actual coach actually does help, which is funny because what do we always say in the NBA? Coaching doesn't what? <laughs> <laughs> Does it matter? You just need it, it guys. Matters. You, yeah, it does matter, and we're seeing it with uh, this team, especially this year. So, hopefully, more good things are in store for the Bulls as the season progresses. All right, like I said the Bulls are on the back to backs after Charlotte. Uh, LeBron and Lakers come to Chicago. Well, there you go. Hopefully, we can get a different outcome this time. Um, you know, we were very close the last time without Laurie. Laurie's back. Hopefully, you know, Pete Will and Otto will be back. Um, they pretty minor injuries, I think. Um, Pete Will warmed up before the game, just couldn't go with the hip contusion. Hopefully, with the three days rest, he'll be ready to go. Same with Otto with the back strain. Yep. And this um this game versus uh, Boston on the twenty fifth is that a makeup from the one that was postponed? Um, I'm not sure if that was already there or you know if that's a makeup game. That just seems like to have that many games in that short of a time frame just seemed like you have a back to back and then after the back to back. You have yeah, one day, and then you're playing again in Boston. So, and then I one more day, and then we're playing against Memphis. Yeah. So we'll see what what is our motto for this year. <laughs> Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. <laughs> and that's all we can do. <laughs> Just you want to give any final thoughts? Um. No, I mean you know. Like, this is a learning process. Remember I said that everybody was just fighting for their jobs <laughs> or fighting for a job? 
uh, <laughs> for next year. But I actually do think that the Bulls are starting to gel together. Now, if we could get some of these games like on national TV, that would be great. Like, I don't think they play a nationally televised game until February 19th versus <laughs> <I> think, Philadelphia. <laughs> is that the only one? <laughs> I think that's I the think, only one. I think so. <laughs> so hopefully by that time frame, like the Bulls can be, you know, at 500 or above. Let that be the goal. Yeah. By the time uh, we get to Philadelphia, they're at 500 or above. And then we can start talking some trash. Yeah, and then Charles Barkley won't call the Bulls the worst team <laughs> by far. Which is funny. It's not the most crazy. It's like not the craziest thing that he said this year because he made a comment about athletes being pushed to the front as far as getting the uh, the vaccine. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> uh but yeah, I guess I should be used to that with Charles Barkley. So <laughs> I, I I still just don't understand how he called us the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, have you not seen Minnesota and you know Detroit? <laughs> yeah, Detroit. Um even has like has Toronto even won three games this year? Yeah, they're five and eight. Oh, they're five and eight? Okay. I thought I was looking at it and I'm like, wait, like When's the last time Toronto has beaten anybody? <laughs> but um, yeah, like just looking around the league and saying, like, without a doubt, that the Bulls were the worst team in the whole entire league, just yeah, made absolutely no sense. Maybe him and those people who say that we should trade Zach and just kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Pound sand. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Barkley's behind a lot of those trades, Jackson. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> you want to uh, tell everybody where they can follow you at? Um, it's uh, at he said what sports on Twitter. And I'm Derek, and you can follow me on Twitter at Young Jordan. You can follow the pod's Twitter at Bull Nothing and O T H I N. As you like and subscribe to the podcast, and you know that every time you tune in, we'll be talking nothing but bull. Until the next time. Tennis game over. The horn blows.